according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, whoever does not enter the courtyard of the sheep by the door, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and an insurrectionist. But anyone who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The the doorkeeper opens the door for him, and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. The shepherd calls each of his own by name and leads them out. And when the shepherd has brought out all of his own, the shepherd goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow, because they know his voice. You know, sheep will not follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from a stranger because sheep don't know the voice of strangers. Now, Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what Jesus was saying. So again, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, I am the door for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and insurrectionists, but the sheep did not follow them. I am the door. All who enter through me will be saved. They'll come in and go out and find pasture. You know, a thief comes only to kill and destroy and steal, but I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So there's some new construction in All Saints neighborhood just over here at 53rd and Eastern maybe you've seen it there's a new facility for the group OBGYNs over there I go past that intersection quite a lot so I noticed I noticed how um, that building is almost finished and it's full of glass. The whole walls of glass and windows and that main entrance also. Big glass doors, glass windows. The door is glass. There's a lot of newer buildings that are like that. I mean, look around us. It's public places and businesses that are all glass doors and glass windows. And I recently heard an architect talking about why that is. She said, people want to see. People want to see what's happening inside before they go in. They want a a chance to picture themselves there before they walk through the door. The glass doors, the glass windows, they're an invitation. Come and see. So let's consider these glass doors and windows 
that are all around us here for a minute. And this building may sit a little ways away from Jersey Ridge, and this parking lot over here of the doctor's offices and things, it may be empty here on the weekend. Not many people could just casually see inside, see worship happening. Not many could drive by or walk by and see us through the window. That's okay. But let's not get the false idea that what happens here is private. I mean, that would be an easy mistake to make. I make that every day who hasn't acted on the false premise while driving down the road that I can sometimes feel like I'm in my own little world in the car. I own my car. I go where I want in my car. I listen to my music in my car. But I'm not in private, am I? I'm on a public road, surrounded by windows. It's the same way that God has set the church out in public. A city on the hill, not to be hid. God has set you out in the world. A light shining, not to be put under a bushel basket. God loves windows. God loves anything that reveals and invites. So worship and this life of faith are not only private, they're public also. God intends the world to see what happens here. Jesus himself invited others saying, come and see. And so this book of Acts is something like a window big glass door. Acts shows us what's, what goes on inside the church and inside a baptized life. So let's just review for a minute that picture, that vision that all saints, that Acts paints. After they were baptized, or after they heard the good news, the people were baptized. And after they were baptized, theirs became a life Together, the life of devotion and scripture, the life of eating together around a big old table, the life of prayer, the life of signs and wonders, the life of selling possessions and sharing money and caring for the poor, the life of joy, praise, praise to God, being in good relationship with neighbors. That's a powerful vision. Now I'm going to burst that bubble just a little bit. Let's complicate that wonderful picture. Because scholars and historians tell us that Acts is an exaggeration. There's no evidence to show that early Christians lived quite like this. It's an ideal. Now, why would your pastor tell you that? You might instead expect me to say something like, uh, some kind of pep talk, like, now go out there and let people see that that is truly happening here at All Saints. Go and do it. You can do it. 
that would be a positive, encouraging way. Or maybe you've heard sermons that go another way, that say something like, Acts shows us how the church and the believer should be. Why don't people see this in you or in all saints? Ouch. That's not what I'm saying either. Instead, I told you that what Acts shows us through the window, window is idealistic because I'm trying to say what I say every Sunday and what I hear you repeating throughout the week, that worship and a life of faith is about participation, not about perfection. And have you ever given up on someone or something or church or faith itself because it wasn't perfect? Or maybe you know that old Groucho Marx joke resigning from this elite private club. He said, please accept my resignation. I don't want to belong to any club that will accept me as a member. Participation, not perfection. Maybe you've heard this quote too. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. So what I'm trying to say is how about we take this view through the window of Acts as an invitation, not as a demand. Let's not, let's not stop giving thanks for the faith that you have just because it could be better. Let's not walk away from the community of Christ that we share or beat up on it just because it doesn't meet all of our expectations. Otherwise, we will be getting in God's way. Now, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a Lutheran pastor in Nazi Germany. He has some deep wisdom on this point. He, uh, he saw the destructive potential in idealism. Hitler was an idealist. The German people were captivated by that ideal. Jews were sacrificed to that ideal. And Bonhoeffer wrote, the person who fashions a visionary ideal of the community of Jesus demands that it be realized by God, by others, or by him or herself. He or she enters the community of Christians with his or her demands, sets up his or her law, and judges the brothers and sisters in God's own self accordingly. This person acts as if his or her dream binds humanity together. Are you with me? Now here's the beautiful good news. Bonhoeffer continued, God has already laid the foundation of our community and fellowship. God has bound us together in one body with Christians in Jesus Christ long before we enter the common life 
with them. And so we enter the common life not as demanders, but as thankful recipients. We thank God for what God has done for us. We thank God for giving us brothers and sisters who live by God's call, by God's forgiveness, and by God's promise. We do not complain about what God does not give. Rather, we thank God for what God does give daily. Christian community Bonhoeffer said, is not an ideal that we must realize. It's rather a reality created by God in which we may participate. Christian community is a gift. You received it in your baptism. God's gift to you and to all of us is all around. Now, two people I know who are thankful for the gift of community in Christ at All Saints, and that's Kim and Mike. All Saints will receive Kim and Mike officially as new members on Pentecost Sunday, June 8th. It's okay, Brandon. Brandon's okay. He has seizures sometimes. It'll be okay. So the moment of welcome in worship today, it's intended to mark a period of time. The time for giving thanks to God for the gifts of each other. It's also a time of building the kind of relationships that can receive the gift of community. We don't have to build that community. Jesus already did that. The Good Shepherd made this flock already. Instead, we get to build relationships that can receive the gift of community in Christ's name. All of our efforts are simply the duty of gratitude. That's the beauty of the vision that we receive through Acts window. It's a gift we receive, not an ideal to realize. The resurrection community is who already the church is. You are already resurrection people. Simply because Jesus welcomes you and calls you by name just as you are. You are reborn, and we are reborn together by grace, through faith alone. And so let's let thankfulness drive away all of the shoulds. Let's let thankfulness drive away all of the musts. And let thankfulness be our invitation to each other and to everyone. We get to share this life together with Brandon and with the whole people of God. So imagine thankfulness is like 
like window cleaner. Simply polish the glass so that all may see a place for themselves in Jesus. Thanks be to God.